We're going to continue in the thoughts um, that we began last week. Last week, if you went around, was Vision Sunday for us as a church. We are one church in many different locations, and uh, the, the same vision was cast last week by our senior pastor, Pastor Andy, and it was all around this word of kairos. Kairos. Now, if you went around, you think, what on earth does that word mean? And we're going to continue to unpack that this morning, that our vision that is going to be so central to our journey as a church community this week orbits around that word of kairos. For such a time as this. Now, if you went around, then the message is available uh, for you to catch up on, as always, via our Family Church website, family.church, or the app, or our social media channels. There's many different ways that you can catch up with a message that was shared last week, the video message. But last week, we began to look at this word kairos. And let me just explain again, um, just for those who weren't around, that Pastor Andy began to outline the two different words that Greek people used to use in the Greek language for that word of time. When we think about time, there's two words, one of them being chronos, which speaks of the time that we are in, in terms of the natural time. But today is the 5th of February 2023. That is the chronos, that there was a time that you were born. Your date of birth is a chronos of when you arrived on planet Earth. But there's also this word that is up there on the screen, which is the word kairos. And kairos refers to an opportune moment, a right moment. For us as spiritual people, it's a God moment. Now let me give you just a practical example of this to again help us in our understanding before we move on in our thoughts this morning. A great example of the difference between Kronos and Kairos is shown not just in a, in a spiritual way, but in some natural ways. So when you think of NASA, and when you think of when NASA launched a rocket into uh, the sky and into space, they have that moment that many of you would have heard of this phrase, the launch window, right? You heard of that phrase, the launch window. And the reason for that launch window is essentially Kairos, that they've looked at what is the perfect time to launch this rocket into space. But when NASA decide to do that for space exploration, they don't base it on Kronos. I don't just sit around and say, okay, who's free on Friday the 5th at 7 o'clock? Anyone free to do this rocket? And we'll do that rocket launch then. It's not based on Kronos, it's based on Kairos, the perfect moment, the right opportune moment to launch that rocket into space. Now, to each of our lives, there is a Kronos, but there's also God's Kairos moments that only he brings about. And those things aren't determined by the date. They're not determined by your age. They're not determined by your, your, your stage of life and where you've got to in life. They're determined by God's perfect timing. A Kairos moment. And as was outlined last week at Family Church, we believe that 2023 is not just another year that just needs to pass us by in a Kronos sense. We believe that this is a God moment for us as a church, for us as a congregation, a local expression of family church in heaven. And I shared some of that at the end of the message last week. For your lives as individuals and as households, we believe that this is a God moment, a Kairos moment. And so we want to respond accordingly. Amen. Now, as Pastor Andy shared Last week, there's, there's three things that we want to look at over the next few weeks, and I'd encourage you to be around as often as you can be over the coming weeks. We're going to look at this thought of knowing our purpose and position. That if this is a Kairos moment, we need to know our position and our purpose. We need to know our response to this moment. But today I want to ask a fundamental question and look at this fundamental thought. That if this is a Kairos moment, we need to know the time 
that we are in. We need to know the time, right? If we're going to make the most of this moment, we need to recognize and know the moment that we find ourselves in. And as I speak about this today, I want to acknowledge that, of course, there's been crazy moments in history, that when you look at centuries past, that there's always been moments in the chronos of time where there have been crazy things going on in different situations. But when you look at the world today, I think it's all fair to say that we all believe that we're living in strange seasons. We are living in a changing season. We are living in an unstable season. When you look at what's taken place in our nation and around the globe over the last, I don't know, 10 years, you'll know that we are in a strange season. When you look at how much has been shaken, when you look at how much what people put their trust in is failing, when you look at how divided we are as a nation, as a world, as a people group. When you look at the questions and confusion surrounding identity, when you hear on, just on the news just this past week that 50% of under 13-year-olds have seen pornographic material that involves strangulation and extreme violence, you know that we are living in a broken and fractured and confused world. And yet, a world that continues to look for answers like it has always done and always will do. Now, the times that we find ourselves in are times of great fear for many, right? You've spoken to people in your everyday life, and there's so much fear around when they watch the news, when they hear what Bank of England is saying, when they hear what this person's saying and that person's saying. There's a lot of fear in the time that we're living in, and it's no surprise that in a time of rising anxiety and confusion, so has the, the degrees risen of the multitude of people who drown to, try to drown their anxiety through, through alcohol, through drugs, through work addiction, through relationships, through medication, through so many different things. And the truth is, as God's people, we are left with a choice today. As we look at this Kairos moment that we find ourselves in, we are left with a choice. We can give in to the spirit of fear. We can copy the behaviours and the customs of the world around us. We can watch the news and give in to that fear. Or else, we can take a moment to look at this season that we're in and look at it with a prophetic, biblical, spirit-led view instead of just a natural understanding. So we can look at the natural things of this world and we can listen to the words of Jesus that says, Do not worry. Okay, the word of God is not it is timeless. It wasn't just in that moment, in that day that he was saying, do not worry. He says over his people today, do not worry. We can choose to accept the perfect peace that only Jesus gives, that the Bible says the world can't give to you, but it also cannot take it away from you. We can choose to acknowledge that we don't have to freak out like everybody else around us because we have a heavenly father who is a shepherd to us. And the Bible says in Psalm 23 that he makes us to lie down in green pastures of rest. Amen. That's for God that we serve. And so in 2023, in this Kronos year of 2023, I want to encourage you this morning, let's not give in to the fear of this world. Let's not look at the the, the things of this world right now with natural understanding and a natural response that we gain from looking at social media and news outlets and so on and so on that causes you to be in this place of a meltdown because our hope and our trust is not in this world anyway. It's in Jesus. So we need to understand this season and this time from a heavenly perspective, not just an earthly one. Now in 1 Chronicles 12, 
it speaks to the sons of Issachar. And some of you may have heard of these guys before. Some of you may think, who on earth are these people? In 1 Chronicles 12, it, it talks about these guys, the sons of Issachar. And it says this about them, that they had an understanding of the times and they knew what Israel ought to do. Now, to give that verse context, if you look at that another time, 1 Chronicles, there's a moment where David is gathering an army of people at an area called Hebron. And he's about to take on Saul, who is the current king, because God has established that David would be the new king, and he's raising him up for this moment. And so in 1 Chronicles, it begins to list all these different tribes of Israel and the people groups who come and say, David, we're in your army. David, we're with you. David, we're joining with you. And it gives this list of all these different people. It says there's 6,800 warriors from the tribe of Judah. It says there's 7,100 from the tribe of Simeon. And then in this list, it goes down. And seemingly out of nowhere, it mentions these 200 men from the tribe of Issachar. And it says that these guys understood the times that they were in and they knew what Israel ought to do. Now, if you look into this, the scholars and theologians disagree about what this actually means. Some people believe that they understood the time politically and they knew that the change was coming politically. Other people believe that they were people who understood astronomy and the stars and the signs. And so they knew from physical science that something was about to take place. Others still believe that they were deeply um, religious scholars. And so from their upbringing and their training, they understood that now was the right time for David to become king. The truth is, we don't really know. And the other aspect of truth is it doesn't really matter about the specifics. The main thing is this, that they were able to discern the moment in a time of great uncertainty. And that's so important if we're going to look at this season that we're calling Kairos and understand the moment we are in. The problem is for too many people, and it's a natural thing to do, myself included, we spend so much of our time thinking about the Kronos. Oh, is it tonight that that show's on that I want to watch? Is it next week for, I don't know, Little Jimmy's got his rugby match? Is it next week? Is it, is it August the 10th that we're going on holiday? Is it August the 17th? We, we live continually in the Kronos and we're besotted and have our head down just living in the Kronos. And didn't January go fast? And hasn't February gone fast? And we're besotted by the Kronos that we don't take a moment to step back, lift our head and look at the Kairos of what God is doing in this moment. And Jesus had something to say about that to his generation. Listen to these words, Luke 12, 54 to 56. Turn your Bibles to Luke 12 if you have them with you today. If not, then it will come up on the screen behind me. Luke 12, 54 to 56 says, Then Jesus turned to the crowd and said, When you see clouds beginning to form in the west, you say, Here comes a shower. And you are right. And when the south wind blows, you say, oh, Today will be a scorcher. And it is, you fools. You know how to interpret the weather signs of the earth and sky, but you don't know how to interpret the present times. Now that word time is the word kairos, not chronos of what the date is and what the time and the hour is. He's talking about kairos, this God moment, this opportune moment. You don't understand the, the, the present kairos even though you understand the weather signs. Now, just to clarify, if you're new to your Bible, Jesus isn't angry with weathermen in this moment, okay? He's not like, oh, every time after the six o'clock news, you bring up these weather charts and what are you doing? He's, he hasn't got some strange fascination with that. He's saying, why is it that you understand the natural seasons, 
but you can't understand what God is doing in this moment. Maybe, just maybe, because we're besotted with the chronos of our lives instead of understanding the kairos. The sons of Issachar could discern what God was doing and when he was doing it. They knew when one move of God was ending and when another was beginning. We need to understand that God is a God of purpose, amen? And God isn't just making things up as he goes along, as Pastor Randy said last week. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1. There is a season, a time appointed for everything, and a time for every delight and event or purpose under heaven. So the question I want us to ask today and briefly answer is this, this question that nat- naturally we ask, but I want to ask it spiritually. Naturally, we may on the weekend when your alarm clock isn't happening because it's a weekend and you don't have to get up for work and you, you wake up and you have no clue what time it is, you stretch and you ask that question of yourself, what time is it? What time is it? That's the question that I want to ask us and answer through God's word this morning, not in terms of what time it is naturally, but what time is it spiritually? What time is it? Kronos tells us that it is 11.32 on the 5th of February, 2023. But Kairos, an understanding of this God moment, tells us something far greater. So I want us to look at that question. What time is it? We believe that it's time to be awake. It's time to be spiritually awake, knowing the moment that we are in. Romans 13, 11 to 14. There's going to be a lot of scripture in this. Are you okay with that? We, we do believe in the Bible, right? Oh, that, that was quiet. We, we do believe in the Bible, right? Yeah. Okay, phew. Thought it was going to be made redundant then. Okay. <laughs> Romans 13, 11 to 14. And do this, knowing the time, knowing the kairos. That word again is kairos. Knowing the kairos, that now it is high time to be awake out of your sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. So Paul says it's time to wake up. Not just if you've naturally fallen asleep in my message this morning. Spiritually, it's time to wake up. It's time to stop sleepwalking through life and just seeing year after year after year go past in a chronos sense. It's time to wake up spiritually and know what God is doing and how he wants to use your life. You know, so much of a church globally, we've talked about this before, fell asleep in the season of COVID. So much of a church fell asleep. And I tell you what, so much of a church, sadly, is still yet to wake up. We don't want that to be true of family church, amen. We want to know the moment that we are in. We want to be awake to what God is doing in this moment. And if we are awake, that means that we're living consciously as children of the light. To not indulge and get caught up in the stuff of the world. To not be argumentative. To not be jealous. To not be living in moral lives. It's time to wake up. Up. I think of the words of Paul in Ephesians chapter 5 where he says, Wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead. Wake up, O sleeper. This morning I, I went up to uh, where our girls' bedrooms are and I, I woke up my children. 
I said, it's time to get up. And then I ran out quickly because they're hitting teenage years and I might have had a pillow thrown at my head. Or who knows, maybe something far harder than a pillow thrown at my head. But what was I saying? I was saying to them essentially, it's time to end your sleep. It's time to get up. It's time to wake up. And God is saying over his church, this moment is not a moment for the church to be asleep. This moment is not a moment for the church to just be playing games and coming to church each week, singing some songs, going home, but it makes no difference. It's a time to be awake. What time is it? It's time to be alert as well. Along the same theme, 1 Peter 5, 6 to 8. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time, not Kronos, that word is Kairos, at the right God moment, at the opportune God time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and your cares to God for he cares about you. That thought coming through again that in a world that's just drenched in fear, when anxiety comes upon your life, you are left with a choice. Am I going to own this anxiety or am I going to do what other translations of the same verse say cast your cares upon him for he cares for you now in that moment you have a choice like a natural fisherman that they they launch the bait they, they cast but unlike a fisherman we're not to reel it back in we're to leave it with a God who he says cares for us and then it says this in the next verse stay alert watch out for your great enemy the devil he prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Peter says, know the time that you are in. Wake up and stay alert because you have an enemy. And you don't need to fear him because he's not a roaring lion. He's prowling around trying and pretending to be something that he's not in your life. We're not to obsess about him because we're to have our eyes firmly fixed on Jesus, not on the evil one. We're not to fear him because he's a defeated foe and we are victorious in Christ Jesus this morning, amen. We are called to rule and reign in life through him. But we are, I believe, to live with wisdom. Mindful that he's looking to take you out in so many different areas in this moment of great importance. What time is it? It's time to arise and shine. Isaiah 60, verse 1 to 2. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. What does that mean? It means this, that in a time when the world is getting ever darker, in a time when there's so much compromise and so much corruption, where truth is being dismantled, it's time for the church to rise up as children of the light and to stand for truth. It's time for God's glory to be seen, amen? Not just on a Sunday morning in our services, but it's time for God's glory to be seen in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your friendship circles, within the context of your family. It's time for a fresh move of God's Spirit on the earth. That's the kairos that we believe we firmly are in. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. It says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. <coughs> your, son, your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. We believe that this is a Kairos moment, Family Church. We believe we really are 
in the midst of what God is doing, but God is ready to move in a mighty way on the earth. Do we believe that this morning? And as Pastor Randy said last week, he's going to do it through his church. He's going to do it through his people. But if we want to be used by him in this Kairos moment, we first need to humble ourselves. We need to be spiritually awake. We need to be alert to what he's doing. We need to arise and shine in the midst of great darkness in a time when the world is so confused. In a time when the world is getting darker by the day that passes by. In a time when your colleagues and your friends are gripped with fear. In a time when your loved ones are struggling with just the everyday things of life. In a time of great darkness, it's time to know the moment we are in. And say, Jesus, would you use me today? Now, Acts chapter 2, in what we just read, talks about the last days. I guess a good question, an important question to ask in this moment of Kairos is this question, are we in the moments before the return of Jesus? It's a good question to ask of ourselves in this moment that we find ourselves in. Now, for those of you who are new to the Christian faith, the Bible makes it clear that Jesus came once to die for us, to die for our sins, to be the perfect sacrifice. And it's only through Jesus, not by works so that no one could boast, it's only through Jesus that we can find acceptance with the Father, that we can be reunited in relationship with him because he took our sin and defeated death upon the cross. But the Bible makes it clear that he is coming a second time. And the second time that he comes, he comes to collect the church that is his, that is his bride. Are these the moments before the return of Jesus? Now, what I'm not doing this morning is making predictions. What I don't want to do today is cause speculation because the Bible is very, very, very clear that no one, not even the Son, knows the time or the hour in which Jesus will come again. And many people have spent so much time looking at the minutiae, sometimes at the cost of actually doing what God has called him to do on the earth right now. So that's not what I'm doing this morning, but we are told that there will be signs that precede the second coming of Jesus. We are told to live lives that are ready for his return and to not be asleep when he comes again. So I want to read some verses to you this morning. I want you to listen and I want you to make up your own mind as to whether we're witnessing some of these things. 1 Timothy 4, verse 1 to 3. Let's begin there. It says, Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last time some will turn away from true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars and their consciences are dead. They will say it is wrong to be married and wrong to eat certain foods. But God created those foods to be eaten with thanks by faithful people who know the truth. 2 Timothy 3, 1-5 (coughs) You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious but they will reject the power that could make them godly stay away from people like that Matthew 24 6 to 13 
and you will hear of wars and threats of wars. But don't panic. Yes, these must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. <coughs> nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Then you will be arrested, persecuted and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere. And the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Matthew 24, 36 to 44. Let's read that together. Again, I know it's a lot of scripture, but it's important that we understand the hour that we're in. However, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. If anyone ever tells you this is when Jesus is coming again, they're a fraud. That's not me being funny about it. That's what Jesus himself has said in this moment. No one knows the hour or the day. Only the Father knows. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. So you too must keep watch. For you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Listen to this. Understand this. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when least expected. We don't know the chronos of a moment when Jesus will return. No one does. If they tell you that, as I said, they're not speaking the truth. But we are told to keep watch. We are told to live lives that are ready for his return. You know, just after Jesus says all those things that's recorded in Matthew 24 that we've just looked at in the, in the Gospel of Matthew, he goes on and tells this story. And I want us to read this, Matthew 25, 1 to 10. It says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins or ten bridesmaids, who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. The bridegroom in this story is Jesus. Now five of them were wise, and five of them were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and got their lamps ready, trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and for you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him into the wedding. And the door was shut so Jesus tells the story about his return and you have these these five 
virgins, these five bridesmaids who have the, the extra oil, who, who do they represent? They represent people who are truly born again, who, who are waiting, who are filled with the Spirit of God, who are looking, who are living lives that are continually ready for the return of Jesus. But then you have the other five without the oil. And they're almost like those who, who, who may be in our midst and maybe even around the global church who, who enjoy the benefits of Christian community. Do you know what? These people can even come to church. These people can even serve in church but they're living without true love for Jesus and so Jesus goes on to say that he will say to those people I don't know you echoing words in Matthew chapter 7 where Jesus tells this future account of a time where people will come and and, and say "I, I prophesied in your name And I saw miracles happen. I prayed for people and I saw miracles happen in your name. I even cast out demons in your name. And Jesus will look at them and say, but I never knew you. In other words, and this is big, it's possible to do all the activity of the kingdom. To come to church every week. To serve in church, to sing songs, to read your Bible, to serve people in our community and yet still not know the King. I don't say any of those things this morning to cause fear in the hearts of people. I'm just saying, church, it's time to live ready and it's time to see people saved before the door is shut. You know, when I look around the world, and when we look around the world today, there should be a sense of urgency in our hearts. Not rooted in fear, but rooted in understanding of the time that we are in. If we actually had that understanding, would we let people pass us by? Would we go to have a conversation and let fear rule the day if we understood the moment that we are in? Let me end with this, George, you can come out. What time is that I believe it's this time, it's not time to give up. I've said a lot of what the time is. Let me tell you something that's not true about this time. It's not time to give up. Galatians 6 verse 9, final verse for today. Galatians 6 9 says, So let's not get tired of doing what is good. I really felt to end with this this morning and speak this over your lives. Let's not get tired of doing what is good for at just the right time you've guessed it that word is kairos at just the right kairos we will everybody say we will we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up can I say to you church now is not the time to grow cold in your faith Listen, if you're walking in offense, if you're walking in confusion, if you're walking in doubt, speak to somebody. Uh, Reach out to somebody. Now is not the time to be picked off by the enemy and be drawn away from the community of God, which eventually will lead to you growing cold in your faith. Now is not the time to grow cold in our faith. Now is not the time to stop believing what God is going to do. Amen. Now is not the time to give up hope in the promise of God over your life. Now is not the time to stop believing for the salvation of your loved ones and those around you. 
oh, but they're so far away. It seems like they're getting worse. It seems like they're indulging in so much. It seems like they're so anti. It seems like they're so full of hate towards the things of God. Now is not the time to give up believing for those that you love and those around your life. I shared the account last week, a praise report of the, the mum of, of Pastor Chris, Pastor Chris and Sandy, many of you know, are our pastors in Waterlooville who planted out of here. And last week I shared the account of how Sandy was able to lead Chris's mum to the Lord, 87 years old. And her whole life, I sat with him this week and we were just chatting about it, her whole life she's been anti. When Chris got saved and he would come home on the weekends from Bible college, they'd say, you can come visit us, but don't bring that Jesus. Don't bring that Jesus nonsense. You keep that out of the house. I don't want to hear any of this, this Jesus nonsense. 87 years old, last week, she gave her life to Jesus. We may not understand the Kronos, but there was a time that was a Kairos moment in her life to give her life to Jesus Christ. Now is not the right time to give up because the Bible declares at just the right time, in due season, in a God moment, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Come on church, it's, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. It's time to stop living by Kronos. It's time to stop playing Christian games. It's time to start living with an understanding of the Kairos moment we are in. It's time to get serious in our walk with God. It's time to pray like you've never prayed before. It's time to believe like you've never believed before. It's time to get ready for a moment where God is at work in our lives in a massive way before the return of Jesus whenever that may be. 2023, we believe that we are in the midst of a Kairos moment. The question I want to leave with you today is simply this. What is your response going to be to the moment that we find ourselves in? It's your choice. I've shared with you what we believe this time that we're in, not Kronos, but Kairos, what this moment looks like. But what's your response to that? Only you can decide. Just close your eyes in this place this morning. I just want to pray for each and every single one of us today. Hear my heart and what I've communicated this morning. Let me underline, I don't say any of that to produce guilt or fear. I say it because there's an urgency in our hearts concerning as leaders the moment that we are in. And it'd be wrong of us not to outline this is the moment we believe that we're in, a Kairos moment. Just in this moment, just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Do you know, I, I can prepare a message and I can preach a message, but it's amazing how the Holy Spirit has his own agenda. And one message can go out, but it can speak to, in so many different ways and into so many specific situations in people's lives that are completely different to somebody right next to them. So what is God saying to you today? Holy Spirit, would you just speak to us in this moment? Would you speak to us in this moment about situations, people, ourselves? Lord, for those who have grown weary, for those who maybe have grown cold, for those who maybe have grown apathetic, Holy Spirit, would you, would you just fill us this morning? Lord, fill us with a sense of urgency. For those who have grown 
spiritually asleep, maybe over COVID and have never really woken up since that time. Holy Spirit, would you put a fresh fire within us, a fresh hunger within us. We don't want to play games. We don't want to just go through the motions. We don't want to spend our whole life coming to church on a Sunday and, and have you look at us and say, I never knew you. God, for those that we love, I thank you for Kairos seasons in their life. Father, I just ask you for an outbreak of Kairos in people's lives. I pray for an outbreak of salvation in people's lives. Lord, I pray that as we remain hungry and committed to you and believe in your promise over those that we love, Father, I thank you that we are going to begin to see salvation after salvation after salvation, that we would all be able to say, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Father, we thank you for prodigals coming home. We prophesy over grandchildren, over children, over husbands and wives and sisters and neighbours and colleagues. Father, we ask for prodigals to return to the house of God because this is a Kairos moment just keep your eyes closed if you're here today and you've never begun a relationship with Jesus you're like a lady that I spoke about a minute ago don't, don't talk to me about that Jesus stuff you've ended up in here today for whatever reason and you've never made a decision for Jesus or maybe you once did for whatever reason you've grown cold you've grown weary you've, you've just been going through the motions and today you say I want to come home I want to come home into relationship with my heavenly father and I want to add a third category this morning maybe you're here today and you've been coming to church for years and you thought you made a decision but today the Holy Spirit is saying Jesus doesn't know you and you understand this moment, this morning, but you need to make that decision. And it may feel strange, but you say, that's me for the very first time. I understand what Jesus has done for me. And you want to respond this morning. So let's just pray a prayer together. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I believe that today is my moment. So please take my past take my sin and I thank you for because of what Jesus has done I can be made brand new today I want to give you my future today is the day Amen that's you today and you say for the first time or you're coming back to God or you realise you've never made that decision properly I want you to do one simple thing for me I promise you I won't embarrass you but this is an important moment for you today if that's you and you know this is my moment just do one simple thing for me would you just raise your hand in the air and then you can just pop it back down if there's any thank you anybody else thank you thank you thank you that's beautiful four people saying that's me that's me Anybody else to say, that's me, I'm coming home. Well, thank you, thank you. Five people saying, that's me. Again, I don't want to drag this out. We're not about convincing anybody, trying to trick everybody. This is, this is a personal decision 
for you to make. But if that's you, you're going to count down from five and I'm only doing that just in case there's pride in your way that's blocking you and you have an opportunity in these moments to say, I'm going to remove that pride and that's me as well. Ready? Five, four, three, two, one. Thank you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for five people saying, for whatever reason, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I want you. And Lord, I pray that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. I thank you that through this decision today, a, a heartfelt decision, that Lord, they will know your peace. Father, I thank you that there is rejoicing in heaven today because those who were lost have now been found. And Lord, would you just flood their life with peace, with hope, with a sense of purpose. Holy Spirit, would you fill their lives today? Thank you, Lord, that you've washed them clean. You've, you've made the jar of their life clean. Would you now fill them with your Holy Spirit so that they can live the life that you've called them to live? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, for each and every single one of us in this room, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's living and active in our lives. And I thank you for what's begun today. You're going to bring through to completion. What's begun in our hearts today. Lord, may we wrestle with this word. Lord, where, where, where things were a challenge to us. Lord, may we not just switch off after this service, but may we just have ears that are listening to what you're going to continue to say over this coming week. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, give him praise for five people saying yes to the good news of the gospel.